I'll give, I'll give you a quick story on arriving. So I live at 9,200 feet, right? There is nothing much higher than me around here. Pikes Peak's off in the distance, but there's no, and we're at the top. You know what? It's more boring here. All the fun stuff is down further to get up to the top. And, and I realized that we built a house up here. I mean, it's awesome, awesome views. And it's, it's pretty cool, but it's true. The foothills of, of the Rockies, that's where the fun is. Once you get to the top, well, let's go back down and do it again. Uh, there's my analogy for who wants to arrive. And I sure, I, thank you. I feel flattered by what you said. I do not feel like I have arrived. I feel like I am, I, I'm not even close to the tipping point yet. From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, the inbound evangelist himself, Dan Moyle. So, yeah, welcome to the Storytellers Network. I am Dan Moyle, the Inbound Evangelist, and I'm so glad that you're joining me today. I tell you, man, every interview I do, I, I, I come off of, of a high with because there's such great conversations that I, I hope you feel the same way as, as the listeners. Um, today in this episode, we hear from a podcast host and a storyteller who doesn't consider himself a storyteller at all, uh, but he describes himself as an idealist and behavioral economist, uh, and, and he's the host of a huge show. He's doing other things. He's such a storyteller by, by just, I think, by nature. He doesn't think so, but you'll hear all that as we get into this interview. Um, he's the host of The Ziggler Show, a big part of the giant Zig Ziggler brand. So today, Kevin Miller shares with the Storytellers Network his storytelling craft, his take on sharing other people's stories, uh, podcasting as a storytelling, telling, storytelling medium. In other words... Kevin shares his story. And before we get into that conversation today, just a reminder to find us online at thestorytellersnetwork.com for other episodes, for how to contact us, and for resources to help you better tell your story. And if you like what we're doing here, please consider leaving us a review in Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, uh, on Facebook, but wherever you listen to your podcast, leaving a review is definitely helpful and sharing with others also very helpful. So thank you very much for that. Now, without further ado, let's get to the stories. So there you go. My intro was all kinds of information about Kevin, but Kevin, welcome to the show, man. Man, I am incredibly honored to be here and it's been fun getting uh, ingrained with you guys. And yeah, as we're talking about here, getting to tell the stories of awesome people that you bring to me. Yeah. So, so I want to get into how you help others tell stories, but first I want to start with your story. Where are you geographically so that we can prove to everybody out there that's like, ah, I'm in a small town, whatever. You can be anywhere to be a storyteller. Where are you, where are you at? I am. I am in Woodland Park, Colorado, which most people haven't heard of. If you've ever been to Colorado Springs and you're looking up at Pikes Peak, there's one pass that goes up through there and that's where we are. It's almost kind of a pass through that you take on your way to Breckenridge or to Vail or just to the, the innards of the Rockies to go have fun. But the town sits about 8,500 feet up here. I think there's only 3,000 households or so. And then we right. built a house further up in the National Forest. Our house sits at about 9,200 feet. And uh, I, sometimes I wonder, how, how did we get here? Uh, I, can, I can live anywhere I want to, but this is home. Uh, kids say I'm not ever allowed to sell the house. So <laughs> uh, we're looking for a second home somewhere warmer for part of the season. But uh, yeah. It's, it is. It's a, it's a gift that I get to broadcast to the world from my, uh, my office up here and be a homebody that I am, but then reach so far. Yeah. And so you mentioned broadcasting to the whole world from there. So obviously you're the, the host of the, the Ziggler show and a ton of live events and you bring all those stories to others through that stuff. Do you consider yourself a storyteller? No. No. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. I don't. I, I, I am a striving storyteller. I am a kind of to the point guy. I love bullet points. They are my favorite. Uh, I'm doing a business. We got a new business launch and for, you know, business plan and stuff, they want bullet points. So I'm in my, I'm in my zone. <laughs> so coming over here, I've had to learn storytellers and 
uh, you know, people like Donald Miller, who's a great storyteller and with his story brand and reading that. And I know that that's what really engages with people and it does for myself as well. So I've had to really come in and not be the bullet point guy, but learn to engage story, learn to bring that out of the people I'm interviewing and also to tell my own more. So no, that's been a learning process for me. I mean, again, made sense, but from my own nature, I have to strive to do that well. And, and who do you, so you mentioned Donald Miller, great storyteller and a whole idea of the story brand thing. Who else do you take uh, some of that inspiration from then to become a better storyteller in the space that you're in? Honestly, Tim Ferriss has been a good one. I've actually had friends who knew that our show's really doing well. And they said, man, here's Tim. And it was kind of his fruition. I don't, I don't know Tim personally, but it was his fruition. He did some podcasts on how he crafted, learned to get more into the story. Uh, the guy who founded Gimlet, uh, and I don't know if they go by Gimlet Radio or whatever, but you know, one of the bigger podcast franchises, I'll say. Uh, also did that. And he talked about getting to the heart of somebody's story and really getting to the personal side, which in that way, it really fit me. I do connect with people quickly and get their trust. And I'm able to ask about any question that I want to, but I wasn't always harnessing that. I can have that temptation to, Hey, here's their book. Here's their message. Let's really dig in and get to the meat of that, which people do like, but I would sometimes miss that personal story, which if you go to Zig Ziglar himself, he was known for that. He would get up on stage and say, all right, well, and get into his story. And, you know, I was five years old and the 11th of 12 kids and my dad died and I had to start working. But what he would do is set the stage for really people understanding him. And when you heard his story, which is pretty hard, then as he's starting to give you this personal development, you know, directives, it was you kind of think, well, gosh, if he can do it, I can do it. This wasn't some kid with a silver spoon in his mouth. And it made it so much more accessible when they could relate to him. And so that, again, and telling our personal stories. And that's really what I endeavor to do now with The Ziggler Show is get some of that story out before we get into the message. And honestly, there's been some folks lately where their story has been so, so profound we haven't hardly gotten into their message. You know, I have to come back in, you know, like you have to come back in the intro and the outro and a mid roll or whatever and say, and so folks, you, you got to get their book, you know, go do that. <laughs> but I, but I think that that's what works because when people relate to someone, they then trust them. Now they are more, uh, they're, they're more ready to partake of whatever that product service book message is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned Zig and, and this huge brand that you work with, with the show and everything else that, that you do with the whole corporation. What's it like getting into that world of a giant brand and becoming a part of that and then, and then kind of developing your own brand along with that? Yeah, I, I really, I, I had been a speaker for them or done some speaking for them uh, and got to spend some time with Zig, but became friends with Tom Ziegler, who's Zig's son and CEO of Ziegler. And it was when Zig passed away that we, Tom and I were talking about, gosh, what's going to happen to the brand? You know, this is an iconic, legendary brand built around a man who is no longer with us. He's not going to be writing books. He's not going to be on stage. And so, uh, we want to keep it alive. And a lot of people did. A lot of people came around Ziggler, people like D Dave Ramsey and Seth Godin and people who are so influenced by Zig. And uh, so when I came in and got ingrained in the family, of course, that was the most amazing testimony to Zig was the love and the heart uh, of his family and his kids that run it and his wife who's still with us and his assistant, Lori Majors, who's been an icon with him, you know, and and coming in there and becoming a part of their story, I didn't really even perceive how that would happen. But really, it was through this podcast where we, where we the, the podcast had been dormant and just been clips of Zig. And when we brought that in, and it allowed me to be a voice and then be by you know by proxy become part of the family, become part of the story. And now it is part of my story. And that was legitimate too. I mean, I was a kid who grew up listening to Zig Ziglar and going to the motivational seminars with my parents. And it really was part of my story. And so I really embraced that more. And now am, am, am somewhat blown away that I get to be a voice, you know, for, for Zig Ziglar and, and to talk and get in depth into his messages and his quotes. And uh, it's, um, it has really brought... It, it, it has it's enhanced my story in a dramatic way. And I love that it's such an authentic thing. It wasn't like, hey, I found this opportunity and I joined. It just kind of 
mm-hmm. authentically happened. And, and something I heard you say a couple of times was family. Mm-hmm. And so it's more than a brand. It's a family. Um, oh my that's God. interesting. Yeah. It, it is significant when the events that Ziegler has, they put on one of their, their flagship event is Ziegler legacy certification. It's a course, five day course down at headquarters and you go down there and the information is incredible. The training, the equipping, the uh, you know, your, what it does for your own personal development journey, but then they also equip you to help others, you know, and they license people and, and endorse them as coaches and whatnot. And it's great. And yet at the end of the event, I went myself, and at the end of it, you know, you want to give, they ask you to give your testimonial. And I, I was honestly a little stumped as to how am I going to encompass this into one thing? And I, and I really just kind of did some thinking on my own. I said, the thing that it motivated me most for is I wanted to be a better man. And I, I cannot, I want somebody to come to something I do someday and say that, you know, mm-hmm. what, that, that it really, it gets to the heart and it is about family and it is about relationship, which is what was so authentic about Zig. And yeah, I want to be that. I want to be that guy. I want to connect with people. We just, I just got back from a conference on, and had a lot of podcasters and bloggers and mm-hmm. with so much that's out there today, so much media, so many things that we can all listen to and partake of everybody's coming to the fact of it's better for business, but it's also better for humanity. We have got to focus not on automation, not on all this marketing promo, but on that personal connection, which I feel like it's round circle, man. This was Zig's playground, you know? Uh, so yeah, family is, uh, if we can treat everything like that, there's nothing but upside. And relationships you mentioned and, and the conference that you were at, I, you know, I see you as, as, a, as a host to this, great big show and this idea that you're part of these conferences with Zig and, and the whole Ziggler corporation, but you went to social media marketing world. You can run in those circles of Mike Stelzner, uh, Seth Godin, you mentioned earlier, but, but I hear you saying that you go to these things, whether you're a speaker or you're just going on your own, you take so much away from it too. So there's no limit to learning. I'm guessing, right? You, you know, I got to hand it to my, my parents who I grew up in that and my dad. So my dad, Dan Miller, 48 days of the work you love author. And a lot of people, a real, really well-known guy. And he influenced me in my young adulthood and see, it was kind of as he came to acclaim in the second big book deal and yada, yada. And yet the guy is constantly going to conferences, constantly taking part in education stuff and getting the next idea and connecting with somebody. He wasn't somebody who arrived and now he just, he puts on conferences. He doesn't go to them and, and it's not. I mean, so I was just, yeah, social media marketing world. My mom was there. My dad was there. My sister was there. I took my wife and, uh, yeah. So to see that ongoing education, ongoing connections. And then I went there. So I was there. I was not, he, he was actually on a panel. I was not speaking at all. I don't go to a ton of those things. I went there though. And I was on the, the phone and email and text say, uh, connecting with people so that we could go and connect face to face because it's, it's, a, it's been a little almost, almost shameful for me lately as I've gone to some events and you meet somebody and I cannot remember have we actually ever met face to face or was it zoom, you know, or Skype or something <laughs> like that. And there is just, I mean, thank goodness for those technologies that let us do like you and I are right now talking from Colorado to Michigan and looking at each other's faces. That's great. It just does not touch that personal connection and sitting yeah. beside each other and having lunch. And I went there and made, you know, probably a few million dollars worth of, of business interactions and relationships, but also just met some great people that I want to get to know more personally and do things with on a personal level. So those relationships, I mean, just, they're priceless. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned your dad, uh, you know, Dan was on episode three of the Storytellers Network. So we've, we've talked. Um, and, and what's amazing to me is that, that learning, um, that, that lifestyle of learning, you know, when I, when I met Dan at, at the inbound conference in Boston a couple of years ago, he knows Tom Schwab that runs uh, interview valet that I work for. Uh, Dan looked at me as an expert in inbound marketing and Tom said, you got to meet Dan Moyle. He's going to change your world. And so Dan and I talked and your, your dad and I talked and, and, it, and it amazes me now looking back on that moment as now I, I surround myself with people like yourself with, with him, with uh, you know, uh, all kinds of people that he looked at me as someone that could teach him. And so I think that humility is so important um, in all of our storytelling that we can continue to learn and get better. And I just think that's awesome. So anyway, it is knowing that everybody has some gift, some expertise, some knowledge, some, uh, you know, perception that we don't have and that we can benefit from. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, and we all know that we all know the people who aren't that way and it comes off as arrogant and you can smell it a mile away. And, and mm-hmm. that we're in that, again, I think we're so overloaded with stuff that we are craving authenticity. We're craving people that we can trust. Again, it's been really interesting. And, and I, you know, I don't know the guy. I know there's some like him, some that don't, but it's a study of, of Tim Ferriss to watch how he has become this trust age. And I'm old enough to remember Paul Harvey. Oh, yeah. And, you know, what that guy talked about, you're going to listen to. And if he promotes it, you know he's getting paid, man. But you believe the guy. And to watch how Tim has done that and what he's doing with it is really interesting. And I think a good, a good study, at least, for all of us to look at and to say we have got to be, we have got to be authentic. We've got to connect with people and uh, do it from an authentic, you know, an, a heartfelt uh, way. And it, bring, it kind of brings us all back to, we got to get our stuff together. We got yeah. to be good humans to do this well. And that's, that's daunting, and yet it's also exciting. Now you mentioned Paul Harvey, so he's an amazing storyteller. You know, and yeah. I, I've discovered Mike Rowe as another storyteller. Are you familiar with Mike and Dirty Jobs oh, and yeah. all that? Yeah, yeah. Have, have you listened to his uh, show, uh, The Way I Heard It? I have some. Yeah, I've had people recommend, oh, you got to listen to this one. Yeah. Well, so, what, so what do you think? I mean, as a storyteller, I know that I'm a fan, but what do you think as a storyteller about, about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, when somebody draws you in, and there's an art to it. I mean, there really is. And I don't know that I will ever say I am a, a natural storyteller. I've got a good friend who, I mean, when he, when he talks, everybody's, everybody gets quiet. Because he can just, he weaves a good story and really tells it and, you know, tells the details and gets you in there. And I love reading that. I'm reading some stories right now. Um, sometimes I get that habit and I'm only reading, you know, nonfiction stuff. And I'm reading some fiction stuff now. I just listen, watching how they, how they craft it together. And yeah, we get these guys like Mike Rowe and so, uh, and other people. I mean, gosh, look at podcasting and the number one podcast overall are NPR you know, by far and large, and Gimlet's doing a really good job of it. And everybody wants to hear these stories. Now, I, you know, I think I, I will give one caveat to that because we can also fall into entertainment. And at some point, you know, we need to utilize that. We need to, you know, get people's interest. And if you're funny, if you're a good storyteller, if whatever it is, we've got to use that. And so I'm not against an entertainment factor, but sometimes at the end of it too, we also, especially here in the personal development world, when we have these things we passionately care about, are we affecting change? Are people taking that? And maybe they, they love us, they're, they, they're endeared to us, but are they actually changing their lives? And I want to come out at the other end with this testimony like Zig had and say, you know, I, I listened to him and it changed my life. I actually took action. So I think that there's the culmination of that too. It's great to tell a story. It's great to get people entrenched and listening to what you're saying. Then what can you do with it for the good? And, and what I hear you say in there too, Kevin, is, is what you love about storytelling is that change agent that making the world a better place around us, I think, right? Yeah. What do you find as, as a challenge then to storytelling if you think, if you frame it in that kind of idea of, I want to change the world, I want to be a better man, I want to do this stuff as a, as a person, but also as a storyteller, I want to help make those changes happen. Is that also a challenge? I think absolutely. So a guy that I interviewed and we've gotten really um, ingrained with at, Zig, at Ziggler is Michael Jr. He's a comedian. Uh, he's real well known in the Christian circles because he doesn't use any profanity or whatnot, but he's also done the whole, you know, the late night shows and he's got a couple movies coming out. And his, his talk is that kind of our, our story would be our setup. You know, that's our setup. And then there's the punchline and that's his focus. What is your punchline? So I think with that, as we're all trying to, you know, yeah, it's social media marketing world. I mean, great people, amazing people who are doing a good job of getting people's attention, of getting followers and subscribers and listeners. But then at the end of it, what is the punchline? Are we there just to entertain? And I think everybody there would say, well, gosh, no, we're using that to, to get connected with people. But then what is that punchline? And I think sometimes we can lose sight of what is our punchline? What is that thing that we want to offer where people can look back? And we all want that testimony of we mattered in somebody's lives. And the best testimony is that we help them matter to some other lives. So that I, lo- I like that, that, that perspective that Michael gives us of a punchline. What is our punchline? Being clear and making sure that that is always connected with our storytelling. Because there's a lot of a lot of people. I'd say a lot of us. I'll include myself, where we can kind of get kind of lost in the 
you know, in the popularity contest of this online world and then go astray and then wonder, wait a minute, am I just gaining listeners and gaining sales or am I actually helping people? Yeah, the, the the likes and the retweets and all that stuff can can derail us, can it? Yeah, <laughs> they can. As Simon Sinek would say, we can get stuck in that dopamine hit, you know. <laughs> so I love the story of of the the Free Agent Academy that you that you started. So for listeners, that's an online membership community that you actually founded um, for people who wanted to go from that traditional employment to self employment. So uh, I'd like to hear how big of a role storytelling used to play or maybe does play in any kind of all those classes that you did, the live events that you put on, the ones that you do now, how does storytelling affect all of that? Yeah. And and for the record, I have that on pause now. I have Mm -hmm. for a while. It was, it was incredible, incredibly interesting thing, but I I got away from business development and, uh, and wanted to, and, and took on some other interests like the Ziggler show here. But that was a great testimony to what we're talking about here, Dan, because I came in, I, I really like self-employment. I love you know, entrepreneurship and just the freedom that it gives you and the opportunity to do something you really love and the, you know, the wealth opportunity and, and all those things. And so I started this entity to help people become self-employed or get a side gig or something. And I was just looking for, okay, so tell me something about you. It was what I would do over the lunch with, you know, with friends, you know, tell me. So I, I would start picking and find their interests and see their eyes light up. And I said, man, we, we can, you could do that all the time. Let's look at some opportunities. Love doing that and developing that idea that, you know, taking that opportunity, that idea into a real viable possibility. So that's what I intended to do. Well, as we got in there and it wasn't, I don't want to minimize it at all, but it's not too difficult to find places that, you know, things that people are interested in and to look at those and discern, okay, but what's really a good, a viable opportunity out there in the marketplace and what fits your life and yet, so we can do that work. I mean, again, it's not, it's not rocket science, not easy, but it's not rocket science. We can find that and say, okay, here's an opportunity. Now let's go make it viable. Let's get a brand. Let's get, you know, figure out your positioning. Let's figure out your marketing. Uh, you know, your website and all the deal, the, the details that we all know about, <clears throat> we would do that. And yet people would not progress and they wouldn't take action. It wouldn't happen. And three months goes by, six months goes by, a year goes by. Why? It's personal development stuff. It's their own challenges. <clears throat> it's, their, it's their own story. And so we started having to dig further and further into the story. I felt like we were backing up into personal development and we came into finally saying, okay, step one, uh, kind of again, but Simon Sinek, speaking of him, what is your why? Why are you doing this? What do you want to do? Okay. So now what, but what's the driving motive? Okay. And then we're into goal setting and we're really into the person. This is an individual journey. It's not about self-employment. It's just, that's a, that's a vehicle over here. And it really brought us back and just showed me that, yeah, we are not, we're not out here dying for a lack of knowledge. We're dying for a lack of understanding of ourselves, of understanding what we really want and clarifying that. And uh, it, again, it's part of why I do the Ziegler show where we interview somebody and then I do a part two and it's habits, looking at their daily habits and the intentionality in their life. And there's nobody that we're listening to, that we're reading, that we're following that, is not ha- that does not have a high level of intentionality in most areas of their life. And we go through the Ziegler wheel of life as seven spokes and, you know, it's family and finances and career and yada, yada, the stuff you'd expect, but they really are. They're not superheroes. They have, they have really dug into their personal story to understand themselves, to understand what they want to do out there and take that story and influence the world. So again, I back, I didn't come into this naturally. I backed into it and just trying to help people and realize, man, it is about their personal story that drives everything and we can give them the knowledge to conquer the world and it's irrelevant if they don't understand how they're participating in their personal story that's that's incredible i I love the idea i I never had thought about until you mentioned just now kevin that that personal development and storytelling are so closely tied together, but it's more than just telling it. You have to actually go do, you have to be doers of the word, not just hearers. Right. Yes. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Um, So how do you, how do you see media in the world affecting storytelling out there? You mentioned that you're a reader, obviously you're a podcaster. Um, We're recording video here as well. So this may be on YouTube. We use social media, any kind of media platform, the more advanced it gets, uh, out there in the world. How does that affect the storytelling craft? Goodness. I mean, there's a lot of negative feedback about, you know, like Facebook. Oh, we just go out there and put the the happy stuff. 
which it's not that I'm a big Facebook fan, but I think it's a little unfair. Uh, you know, Facebook is, what do they do most? They house photos. I mean, they're mm. the biggest photo collection ever. That's almost more so than anything else that they do. And at my house, maybe it's some, something different. Somebody else has, if you look at my photos, I don't have photos of arguments and of <laughs> broken bones and stuff. You know, you have the posed <laughs> pictures and the happy candidates. That's what we put in photos. So I don't feel bad that we tend to go on social media and, and share the positive stuff. But true, it is one side of the story, and we have to be cognizant of that because, yeah, if I look at, at somebody who we just interviewed and look at their Facebook stuff, it is all the positive stuff. And yet when we talk and dig in, we're looking at the challenges, and we all want to hear that. That's what makes it relatable. And so I think sometimes it does give us a skewed perception of what's out there, and we have a lot of people who are suffering from comparison. And again, it's, I don't know how to change that. I'm not going to totally diss that. I think it's just good for us all to be aware of that. Yes. Okay. By proxy, it is the positive side of life. Um, but man, the challenges, if we can dig into those people that we feel connected to and go back, you know, and most of them in their books and, and such, they're talking, they're, they're pretty vocal about their personal stories. I, I think to this point, if you don't have some challenges that you're sharing, it's harder to believe you. So again, the, the term authenticity is thrown out so much, especially in relation to the the millennials, I don't know that it's any different than it ever has been through time, but it may be accelerated because there's so much out there. Well, you know, we're here on a podcast, Dan, and I, I really believe that that's why we're seeing the phenomenon in podcasting of people moving to it and advertisers moving to it as well. Uh, I've got advertisers and they'll connect with me. I just had one recently and they uh, more and more, they want me to have their product. And I've had, you know, I've had, I had, I had braces that I actually needed, you know, it's 2,500 bucks or something. They're giving them to me, experience it. So you can give a personal endorsement because I think we, as a culture, we're looking for who can we trust? There's too much information out there. I can only get so many sources. Who do I trust most? And then even there, they're eager to, to hear what we're endorsing for products and services that are related there. And they want the personal endorsement. The advertisers know that, you know, of course, then it lends itself to us having to do the Paul Harvey thing and make sure that we're only endorsing people that we really would endorse. They all know we're getting paid, but yeah. you know, and, and it's, I think it's really more and more forcing honesty. And I think that is, that is beautiful. So the storytelling, um, it's hard to fake. I think that when it gets down, it's just hard to fake. We're in a glass house and you can try to, but man, people can smell it and you'll see the places, you know, red flags, a little smoke here and they see it <laughs> enough times and you're off the grid. So again, I love, I do appreciate that. I feel like it's all, it's all pulling us back to getting real. And, and I want to come back to the advertising part of it here in a minute, because that's such yeah. a, a question so often, but I want to, I want to get to um, what you said. And I don't know if it's a statement or a question or what we're going to do, but it's part of the conversation here. Um, social media can be such a snapshot and kind of the sugar, but do you see podcasting as a way to dig deeper? And for us as listeners of storytellers and, and consumers of it, podcasting seems to be more of a way to, to really dig deeper into everybody's story, whatever that might be, whether it's personal development, marketing, um, you know, something like this. It's, it's a different medium, I guess, isn't it? Uh, that's a great, that's a great perspective. Dan. I, I honestly haven't thought about it, but as you say it, I immediately, my response is absolutely, I think it's the best medium for it. Nowhere else can you, I mean, Instagram, you got, well, what, they increased it to whatever characters now, you know, you got that, you got, you got your LinkedIn and your Facebook and your Instagram and it's these short, I like that, the sugar, I'll, I'll give that credit to you now, it's the sugar, <laughs> sugar snapshots, uh, quoted by Dan Moyle, and uh, it's great, and, but podcasting, we get to have a conversation and that's the term that I keep hearing more and more, okay, this is not a show, it's not an interview, this is a conversation, we want to do that, and I think that that's a great bandwagon to jump on is having more true conversations um, you, you know, to that, I, you know, there, there's still the, you know, we, people still want something they can take action on. Um, but yeah, giving them that conversation is, is so powerful. And yeah, I think you're right. God, I'm going to give you credit for that one too, Dan. I, have, I haven't thought about that. I think it is the medium. It's the best place where we can, we can hear the truth. We can feel the truth. I mean, it's somebody's voice. If you're not looking at them, you're at least listening to them. And it's hard to hide behind that, especially after a hundred episodes. 
Yeah. Well, and, and I, I like the idea of listening to the authenticity. I just, I interviewed um, a guy, uh, Eric Weinmayer, who is, oh, sure. um, you know, Eric. So uh, he's, he was, awesome. he's fantastic. And, and, and as, he, as we're getting to this point where he was sharing a, a very personal story, he mm-hmm. choked up and, and he even, even made a comment like, I hope the listeners don't realize I just cried. Like, dude, I'm, I'm, I hope they do. Cause I love that authenticity, that feeling. I got to feel what he was talking about. So yeah, that's great. Um, so let's, I, I want to come back to the, the advertising side of it. Just kind of a, a tactile thing that so many people talk about monetizing the podcast and, uh, you know, can I make money from this, this whole venture? And, mm-hmm. and I do the Storytellers Network not to make money. Um, the partners that I've had um, in previous seasons and, and so forth, I, I, I view as partners. Um, how, how do you see that affecting storytelling and, and also, how do you get to that point where maybe you do make a little bit of money at it or at least, you know, pay for it? From a, from a okay, so literal a podcast and, and having advertisers on there. Yeah, just being at the social media marketing world, that was a debate. And you have some who are, who are, they're making a big focus on that. And you have some others who proudly state, I don't do any sponsorship, any advertising, but they are promoting their own stuff. So, you know, everybody, sell, they are trying to monetize it by far and large, and they should. I mean, my gosh, they've got, they're, they're there because they have good products, they have good services, and they have good messages, and they have great stories to share and to be a part of. And so that's, uh, I think that's legitimate. And I don't think that people ding them for that. Now we've got to be, uh, we've got to watch out because you can go overboard. And I listen to folks. I listen to, I, I read the reviews that we get on iTunes and, and we've changed how we craft our show. I think there's best business practices and everything. And as much as we all need to and want to be unique, there are best business practices. You know, it's like in back, I remember back in email marketing when that kind of came to fruition and I was one of the first, I'm not one of the first, but I was, I was indicative of coming, oh, we're going to do it different. Everybody's doing it the same way. We're going to do it different and realize, no, people don't want it. They, they want it. Here's the subject line. You know, here's the tagline. Here's the body. Here's the don't wait too long to get to the point, blah, blah, blah. And we have the same thing in, in podcasting. I think social media at large, we need to look at what are the expectations that people have and to fit within those, even in, you know, our uniqueness. Um, but the, you know, the advertising, if we, we have a demographic, you know, that we're all speaking to, we have people and they're listening to us for a certain reason and being sensitive to that and within what they, you know, what your topic is, what your message product services and who your demographic is, I think it's a service to bring them, you know, great, you know, great products and services that, that fit them. Cause I am a guy who's out here and I buy a lot of stuff and I'm often, you know, you're asking, you're, you're going on, if nothing else, you're going on Facebook going, okay. I mean, how often does that happen? Hey guys, <laughs> I got to buy a new gizmo. You know, what have you guys done? I mean, I see that every single day. Mm-hmm. And so as trust agents, uh, which we are here, which we can be, should be, gotta be, then we can help people with that, with those products and services. And, and it's a great, it's a great fruition. I love getting the boxes. My, uh, you know, employees will bring me every day. Hey, here's another book. Here's a box. What is that box? I got one a couple of weeks ago and it was fresh, uh, ahi tuna from, oh man, I can't remember the, the, the company. Uh, it was sold through, I, I'll tell you, it was sold through gold belly. I had never heard of them. It's kind of like a blue apron for high end foods. And through them, they connected me with this, you know, somebody over in Hawaii and I got fresh ahi tuna yeah, delivered to my office. That is great. And I am happy to talk about that. And they did not pay me. So there you go. There's a free, <laughs> a free promo that, uh, you know, for them, but it was great. And, and I do see that even amongst the, you know, the podcast crowd and stuff that they're often talking about great product services books from people who aren't paying them as well. We just talked about Eric Weinmayer. Everybody needs to go get his book. No barriers. I got it over here on my shelf and it's a great story. It's an incredible story. And, uh, you know, again, it just brings us to, well, I just, I still come back to honesty, Dan. Yeah. Do you go out looking for those, uh, deals or are you at a point now in your career, Kevin, that you, they just come to you? We, well, we can stay full from those that come to us, but what we've done is come further, further back to the ones that we personally endorse and to the point now of reaching out to the people and saying, hey, we use this product 
and we would love to endorse you because it's literally authentic to us. You know, we, we really do. But we get a lot of them. Gosh, yeah, I get sample stuff. I just got a, a, an energy bar a box sent to me and it's really good. We tried it yesterday. My partner's a doc. And you know, so for, for lunch yesterday, I said, hey, check these out. Which, which flavor you want? What do you think? We looked at the ingredients pretty good, tasted it. Man, pretty good. You know, so that there, yeah, I, I, would, I took it home to my kids. How, how, what better endorsement is there? than that. Uh, but then, yeah, going after companies we do, you, you know, there's still, and this is, this is, was talked about at the, at the conference, uh, you know, with, with advertising and, and stuff, people are still there to listen to you. They trust you. And so it's still the best ground to promote your own stuff to let them get further involved in you. And I think to that point, people want to, if they like you, they want to get involved with you further. And I've seen people who don't have a specific product or service uh, that they're, that they're doing. They just create a community, you know, so people can, they can do a show like this, talk about something, then come into an online community and talk about it. People want to, people want to engage. They really do. People want to engage. That's good. Um, I want to, I want to leave uh, one more tactical uh, nugget for the listeners. Uh, I want to ask you about getting our stories out today. It's a noisy landscape. You know, you could spend uh, just untold hours on social media. Uh, you mentioned email marketing. How would a storyteller today who's maybe either just starting out or kind of trying to get some traction, how do they, how do we get our stories out today? Uh, this is, this is not, I didn't write this. This is, this is old, you know, nothing new under the sun. This is old information, but we can so easily fall away from it is first off knowing exactly who we want to talk to. Who do we want to speak to? Who do we want to resonate to and talk to that one person? So in your podcast or your blog or whatever you're doing, you should be talking to uh, one person, that, that person who you want to connect with most, and then let all those types of people, they will hear you, they will resonate, not try to be everything to all people. Again, that's old information, but man, even the best of us can forget that. And we can mm -hmm. think that uh, we cannot speak directly. And we want to be, I had, a, I had a, an old partner who said, we want to be a spotlight to where when our person gets in front of it, they cannot miss it. And most of us want to be this light that kind of, I got a street lamp in a parking lot, kind of shines out dimly to everyone. And it's just not that impressive. You know, so I think that is, is such a big, that's such a big key for us to look at is who are we specifically uh, talking to and what do we want them to get out of, of what we're doing. Uh, but to go out there, you know, a lot of times we'll look at, let's, let's take a fitness type product and let's say you've got a message, you know, you, you, you had this personal journey, you want to share it with people, help them get, you know, fit and well in some certain way. And our tendency is to go after that audience, to go find that audience. So let's take podcasting, for instance. I mean, there are, I don't know, 15 categories or something, you know, from business and education and arts and entertainment and health and family and yada, yada. It goes on down the line, politics. And you tend to go after that arena. Well, you're going in there now competing head to head with everybody else. And we often forget to say, where are those same people elsewhere? Where else are they? Can we go into there? I'll be, I'll be honest. I've got a personal story. We've got a, um, a new product coming out. It's an alternative health insurance product that I'm going to come out with in blazing guns. So you'll know it when we come out with it because it'll be everywhere. But when we do, we're also going to launch another show and it is going to have a health and wellness focus. It will not be in the health and wellness uh, category because I'm not going after those people. I'm going after this, the business crowd. I'm going after the personal development crowd, the people who are aspiring to, to go out and as Ziegler talks about to inspire their true performance and other people and just give them a message of, hey, everything we're trying to do comes out of this you know, body, mind, and soul. If it's compromised, so are those efforts. And just help bolster that. It's, uh, so I'm not the health, health, uh, health nut, you know, the, the uh, fitness guru necessarily. I'm just saying, man, it's just a necessary ingredient to be at your best so that you can go do what really matters and create those relationships, create a billion dollar business, whatever. So I'm going to go into somewhat of a different market. Now, is that a tactic? To some degree, but it's also authentic to what I want to do. But uh, again, so as people are out there, you've got a story. Look at where your people are. And if you have a great story in finance or in fitness or, or in family, you may not need to go in there and go head to head with everybody else. Look at where they are and maybe go into a place where there's not a whole lot, uh, there's not a whole lot of competition and connect with them there, but also be really cognizant of what do they want as the end goal. 
I don't think anybody wakes up and says, man, I, today I really just in and of myself want six pack abs. Man, who cares? You want them so that what? Put that so that, so that what? So that I can feel better maybe so that I can be attractive to the opposite sex. Probably, you know, there's the, and, and focus on that. It's just every, it's so much of what we're doing is we got to focus on what is that end result people want. And man, if we do that, there's no end to the opportunity of taking your story, your unique story. And if you think your story has been told and somebody else has done it, you're wrong because it's still not your story. And we've got to pound that in and just, we just got to have faith in that yeah. and go forward. Good advice. And, and what I hear you saying too, Kevin, is uh, know your buyer, know your audience, know your buyer persona, go to where you think they are and test, right? Don't just do one thing, but go test it. But you don't have to be everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and I say that as a lifetime business guy and marketer, and I'm one of the first people prone to violate it. And I'll have to come back and mm-hmm. you know, drink my own Kool-Aid and go, okay, wait a minute. It's, and, I, and I say that and it's not mine, man. It's been said by a billion people out there. Oh, yeah. But that, the opportunity is there because so few people really become a student of it and do it well. Uh, and if we will, man, there's, there's no end to the opportunity. And I love the idea too of, you know, as someone who I see is, as uh, someone who's made it, right? You're a host of the Ziggler show. You're in this great big world. You are now looking at other ways to expand and get your message out there. And it's not just like, hey, I'm going to snap my fingers and it's out there. You're just like everybody else and that you've got to start over when you have something new. Oh my gosh. Inspiring. I, I, I am in, a, in the midst of, of, a, of a new business startup that I feel, I feel like a rookie again. Um, it's in a new, it's in a new arena. I'm having to, Oh my gosh, I'm having to learn. It's complex. It has to, it has to do with health insurance and I'm, I'm not an insurance person. I'm not a medical person, but yeah, I have, I have something, I have something that I want to buy as a consumer. It doesn't exist out there. I see the pieces. And so we're creating it and it's kicking my butt, but it's worthwhile. And uh, it's going to happen. And it's, a, and it's also a blast. I have, I have like, uh, we've been talking about, you know, anxiety and stress can, can, can wreck your body. So we deal with that a lot in the, in the health and wellness profession. And I've got it, but it's, it's excitement. It's not from worry or negative stuff, but it's, I still got to deal with it, you know, cause it keeps me up at night and, <laughs> And it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, who wants to arrive? That's so, yeah, here, I'll, give, I'll give you a quick story on arriving. So I live at 9,200 feet, right? There is nothing much higher than me around here. Pikes Peak's off in the distance, but there's no, and we're at the top. You know what? It's more boring here. All the fun stuff is down further to get up to the top. And, and I realized that we built a house up here. I mean, it's awesome. Awesome views. and It's, it's pretty cool. But it's true. The foothills of, of the Rockies, that's where the fun is. Once you get to the top, well, let's go back down and do it again. Uh, there's my analogy for who wants to arrive. And I sure, I, thank you. I feel flattered by what you said. I do not feel like I have arrived. I feel like I am, I, I'm not even close to the tipping point yet. What a, what a great metaphor. Uh, and that, and that, that takes that question off my list then, you know, I see you as someone who's made it. Uh, what does, what does that look like for you? So that's interesting that you use the foothills metaphor. I like that. Now I think there's always, uh, you know, there's always so much more to be done. Now, if I could just clone myself, there's, there's, uh, to do the things to serve people. I mean, there's just needs out there. There's things that I care about that I'm excited about. And I have not, or I, if my wife was here, I think she would chuckle. I have not arrived. Okay. <laughs> I, have, I am grateful for the redemption of some of the things I have done poorly and some of the successes, but that's the, that's what's so killer about being at a, at a place like social media marketing world and hearing these stories of these people that you think have arrived. I, I'll tell you, I, well, I can't, that would be divulging personal stuff. There are some people that I met that you would absolutely think, uh, oh, they had definitely arrived holy moly, they have not. And they'll tell you about it. And they'll tell you their struggles. And they'll tell you where they're trying to get to. And they'll tell you where things are in jeopardy. I met a a guy who's at a high level who's now in a bad spot because some stuff that happened that wasn't necessarily all his his fault even. And man, we, uh, we, we all wake up in the morning, put our pants on the same way and have the things to strive for. And I think the ones that feel like they have arrived are the ones that most of us aren't listening to anymore. Well, and I just even go back to the idea that, and I think your dad shared this a number of times on shows where he lost a ton of money and had to start over. And like, no matter where you think you've made it, you can certainly see milestones and say, okay, I've done this. I've done this. Um, I interviewed uh, David Meerman Scott on the first episode of the Storytellers Network. And he talked about like, he, he's, he's never sees himself as making it, but he now can say no to opportunities 
where he used to have to always say yes. Like, oh, here's a copywriting assignment. I'm going to say yes because I have to make money. Now he can kind of pick and choose, but he's always trying to still strive for more. So that's, it's encouraging, I think, to know that even those who we think have made it still have their, like you said, you know, put our pants on one leg at a time. Um, I, th- I think for husbands, your wives will always keep you grounded on whether you've made it or not. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and I say that, man, and I've got a wife who's who cheerleading me more today, <laughs> believes in what I'm doing more today uh, than ever. But I think it, it's almost as uh, well, here in the medical world that I am involved in and in insurance, you're talking about health insurance, as long as I've been involved in it and the more I've learned about it, I feel I feel stupider. I use that word. <laughs> I feel more ignorant every day in it because it's, 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 well, it's ridiculous for one thing. But uh, I think the more we get into stuff, we realize that there's just more we don't know. But we do grasp onto the areas that we do know and the places we know can get results and where we really can help people. And we do become better and more masterful at that. Um, I appreciate uh, Tom Bilyeu. He's the, the Quest Nutrition founder. He's got the Impact Theory uh, show now. And uh, I talked with him. And he really expounds on it. Become a master in some area. And we all can. I'm telling that to my kids now. Mm-hmm. You find an area. And it doesn't have to be the thing that you want to do for the rest of your life. Just pursue mastery for mastery's sake. Become great at that uh, just to understand the exercise of mastery. We can all do that even though, yeah, I think if we're all truthful, the further we get into things, the less we feel like we really have it figured out. <laughs> totally. Good to know. I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. <clears throat> Uh, so I, I could go on for hours talking to you, Kevin, um, but, but we're not going to do that to our listeners or to you. Um, uh, but I have one, one last question that I'd love to ask. I'd love to hear everybody's answer to this, um, and, it's, and it's, it's hard, so take a minute. Um, All right. If you could only tell one more story or share one last story, uh, what would that story be? Gosh, that is a hard one because I, uh, you know, it, as, as a faithful guy and uh, a Jesus follower, that story is, is profound. It's the one that I can't deny. I had somebody recently ask me, come on, really the whole Jesus thing. I said, man, I, I just, I know all the, I know all the, the, the hard spots in there, but uh, I just can't deny uh, the, 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 for me, the reality of Jesus Christ. So that it's hard not to say that, but you know, in this context, what I, well, here, true story. All right. I sent to my kids, my older kids, I've got a bunch of kids uh, and I sent to my older kids not long ago, and it really came off the Ziegler quote of uh, you are where you are and, and who you are because of what's been put in your mind. You can change who you are and where you are by what you put in your mind. And, and I sent that authentically to them. I said, if, I, you know, if I'm dying tomorrow, I want you guys to know that that is a truth. You are the sum part of your daily habits and you can change it. And it wasn't, I was trying really hard not to be... Um, you know, not to discount where they were at today. It wasn't that. So all of you, you know, you need to get better tomorrow. It wasn't that, but it was to realize where you are today. If there's any dissatisfaction, you can change it, not discounting it or minimizing where you're at, but you can change it. And, and in all truth, Dan, it has been a journey. You know, I've been doing, I went, I was podcasting and I've been leading audiences for, oh my gosh, uh, I'd have to do the math a long time. Let's say 20 years. Um, that I've been pretty involved in that. But in truth, I feel like the last couple years in interviewing people and me getting more intentional in really digging into their stories and digging into their messages. And I keep pointing to my side over here because I have my bookshelf. It's kind of like my own little hall of fame of it's all the people, uh, the majority that I've interviewed. And I love it. I can go through and tell you the things that stuck out. And there's so many nuggets that I've gotten from interviewing people that have stuck into me. And I used to think, okay, I've got to take it. I've got to plaster it on my forehead. I've got to get a tattoo. I've got to make sure that I take action on that. And I do believe in that. But there's also, I feel like there's some osmosis happening here. And I just realized my mind is changing. You know, my day, my morning devotions and my partaking every week of these incredible messages, it just flat out changes you. And it's, it blows me away. That, yeah, I think in that sense, I feel less arrived than ever, that it's just like this whole new horizon. And not that you're, I mean, I still have inherent parts of me, but it's, I'm blown away by how malleable my brain is. My wife is involved heavily. She's getting her doctorate. She's involved in cognitive research. And we're looking at things, you know, brain plasticity, which is a word that I've never heard of. 
you know, we got one side in the culture, brain fog. That didn't used to, there was a term that didn't exist. We have it more and more now. Like we have every, you know, uh, increase in chronic illness and disease in America. But over here, brain plasticity. And we can change it. We can turn around Alzheimer's to a great degree. We're involved in a national study doing that right now. But to see that, that me, how I think about myself, what I believe, and then therefore what actions I take on is a malleable thing. And I can get up every day and work it out just like I work out my body to you know, lose weight or to gain muscle. And we all understand that one. But to say our brains are that way and how our, what our self-image is, what our beliefs, our foundational faiths are, can change. And from that, our actions will take and that or will change and then our, our, our results will. And this is what Zig Ziglar you know, based his life on. But we're just seeing the scientific results of that. And that one is, you know, even going back to faith, there's a lot of people sitting in the church pews that need that message more than they need the message of Christ because they can't even accept it now. They can't even mm. accept it for themselves. We got to go back and deal with their personal self-image to get them to even accept this aspect of faith. So to some degree, man, that's the one that I am blown away with is the ability to change our thinking, change our actions, change our results. And, you know, it's, can you, can you do anything? And, uh, you know, Zig's quote was, well, you can't do anything, but you know, positive thinking will help you do everything better. I think this, just the reality of getting out on the table that we can, we can change. We can change. We can change. I don't know if I say everything, man, a dramatic amount by changing what we put in our minds and what we feed on. Garbage in, garbage out. <clears throat> uh, a gold mine there, Kevin, of of faith and science together of you don't have to be where you are. You can change it. That was an incredible last story. So I want that testimony, man. Will you give that to me? He's a gold mine of faith and science that will get me into every door possible or, or actually have them all shut. I'm not sure. <laughs> I will. I will absolutely give you that testimonial. <laughs> great, great, great. I love it. Kevin, man. Thank you so much uh, for that, for the, the, the gold mine that you left, the nuggets that you left behind the, the faith, breadcrumbs, everything that you shared with the listeners on the Storytellers Network, man, it was incredible. It was my honor and I will give due credit to all these messengers and, and people whose stories I have just gotten to be a part of. I feel like I get, uh, I get paid to sit at the feet and be the, the primary student for all these folks. And it's, 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 it's incredible. I could not be more grateful and uh, more benefited by it. It's a beautiful thing. So where can listeners find more about Kevin Miller and everything that you're doing? You know, most folks go to Zig, Ziggler Show or ZigShow.com and there's information on me there. I've got a little bit of personal info at AgentKMiller.com. It talks a little bit about what I'm involved with, but I'm kind of, yeah, it's so funny. We're talking about arriving. I'm at the cusp of so much that I'll have a lot more out. And uh, I think at the Agent K Miller page, we'll put links to all the different things that uh, I'm working on. And it's all around, you know, personal development, a big health and wellness focus. Uh, and, uh, and Facebook, I, I got, you know what? I get a lot of people there now because we do a weekly show. We post a question on there, uh, based on a Ziegler quote or, or, or message. And then people uh, respond to it. And we actually use that for the show. And it's a show that's really increasing in popularity. And so they find me at uh, Facebook at agent K Miller. Awesome. We'll put those uh, links in the show notes then, man. Thanks again, Kevin. This was a lot of fun. I hope the listeners really enjoyed it. Well, if not, uh, I did. So thank you. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm incredibly honored. And thank you guys for what you're doing and what you're doing with this, uh, with this message. Storytelling is uh, we got to harness it. My gosh, thank you so much, Kevin, uh, for, for being on the show. Uh, Kevin Miller of the Zig Ziglar Show. What an incredible guest. Uh, be sure to visit him online. Find all those resources in our show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider, consider sharing it all over. And as you can tell, no matter how many I do, I'm not always perfect. So anyway, share it all over the place. We, I appreciate it very much. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, email lists, uh, text it to somebody. You can click the share button on Apple Podcast and just text it. Uh, that's awesome. Anywhere you can share with other storytellers, uh, I very much appreciate. And also, uh, I appreciate reviews. You can leave us one on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's awesome as well. So until next time, here's to telling our stories and having stories to tell. Cheers. <laughs>